Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, or whenever you happen to be listening to this. Welcome to the Film Realist Podcast, the film and TV podcast from a complete nobody that is hopefully for somebody. My name is Kyle Naranya, and this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. If you are listening to this day of release, the Super Bowl has come and gone. Don't know who the winner is because I am recording it in the middle of the game. There have been trailers that I have reacted to on all the social media platforms, but if you didn't get a chance to watch those, I'm going to include the audio in this just as a different experiment. It's a post-Super Bowl. The film I'm going to be reviewing was released earlier on streaming services, but I'm going to be giving a retro review, so there will be just full-blown spoilers for that review, which will be Turning Red, which just recently finally got a theatrical release. So happy Lunar New Year, specifically for me. It's a Chinese New Year, so gung hei fa choi. And in doing so, I'm looking forward to talking about Turning Red. So as I said already, full spoilers for that. There will be time codes listed in the description for all the different trailer reactions. So enjoy those. We're gonna start with Deadpool and Wolverine. Happy He's got hair? Oh, I don't like that. Oh. It's been a challenging few years, for sure. Oh, she's Marina Baccarin's back? Okay. It's because of each and every one of you. I'm the luckiest man alive. I don't. Make a wish, buddy. It's so disconcerting. Who's at the door? Wait, Wilson? Who's asking? Oh, it is the TVA, as confirmed. Oh, what's the anomaly? Is that supposed to be scary? Pegging isn't new for me, friendo. <laughs> oh, it's a wig. That's hilarious. I like the red logo. <sighs> Mr. Wilson, you appear to have soiled. Oh, it's that dude from Sev not Severance Succession. Who are you? Why am I here? Walk with me. What's going on? Wait. Special. Why is he special? This is your chance to be a hero among heroes. Okay. Oh, cool. I smell what you're stepping in, Sensei. <laughs> your little cinematic universe is about to change forever. I'm the Messiah. I am Marvel Jesus. <laughs> Oh, I love those have to be references to Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. All the crotch shots. Oh! All right, this is the quarry everybody's seen in the leaked photos. Oh, what is going on? It's gonna be Wolverine. It's gonna be Wolverine. It's gonna be Wolverine in the suit. It's gonna be Wolverine in the suit. It's gonna be Wolverine in the suit. Come on, show him. Don't just stand there. You just give me a hand up. Do it. Ah! I'm actually okay. Thank you very much. Let's go. Deadpool and Wolverine. Okay. Is that it? You're not gonna show anything else. Talked about this with Ghostbusters. I don't like these things. Making fire. Where are we? There's books. Are you familiar? He's gonna show. What are we gonna see? Oh, a chimp behind bars. That's a no-no now. Interesting. The 
they've really captured those panoramic shots of the environment like the previous ones who's talking the effects in these continue to be incredible is that the golden gate bridge are we back in california san francisco which would be interesting how have things changed in the hundreds of years or there's Caesar's symbol from the window! Who is this king? Maybe he's a descendant of Koba. There's the window again. The symbol has maintained. I'm glad they're not just talking like humans. Gorillas are like the brutes from Halo. They're hunting humans? Yep, they are, just like the original film. Okay, May 10th. Always need a wise gorilla, or not gorilla, orangutan. Ooh, are we gonna rediscover technology? Look to the stars? This continuation of a noble ape bonding with a human. That's part of the original, or the new trilogy. This king is bad king. Bad ape, bad ape king. They're in the tall grass, look out! Oh no. Yeah, he doesn't like it. Run! Okay, being chased by a gorilla, that's horrifying. Run! Oh, no one. Big bomb can stop. Whoa, fire! The rain? Who's rain? What is his name? There's a lot of shots on the beach. Or, whoa! Are we gonna see a spaceship? So it's like a revolution from within their own kingdom. Big fire. That looks really good. May 10th, I will be there for sure. The best way to Is that Goldblum? Together. Look at the train. Oh, we're in Oz. Who are those people? Oh, there's... Is it Glinda? Gilda? Ariana Grande, what's so scary? Is this the first time she's green? Hat on, that means she's evil? And when it does, Are they learning magic? Is this like the Oz's school of witchcraft and wizardry? Flying monkeys! Shell yo. Okay. Flying monkeys? Cool, again. Is that the Emerald City? It looks really cool. Shoe reference. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, there's Dorothy stuff. And the other ones. Breaking things. <gasps> Fly, my pretties! Fly, fly! She's in the bubble. There's a lot happening in this. Hey, remember musicals? We advertise those sometimes. Thanksgiving, I'll be there. This film has everything. Everything? I just trying to make out. This looks like so much fun. Oh, they are making out. Wait, they're both in the car. Aaron Taylor and Ryan Reynolds. Not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling. I've got Deadpool on the mind. Aliens. <laughs> this looks like such a David Leach movie. Are you saying ice cream or ice crime? Ice crime. Okay, just your answer this way. Ice crime is what it's saying for sure. No, I get that. Okay. Oh, Hannah Waddingham. Did I know she was in this? Some muscles. Whose muscles? I'm betting they're Aaron Taylor Johnson's. He has muscles. Emily Blunt, of course. 
Taylor Swift, very topical. Now, unfortunately, I don't know what this song is. Very relevant right now. No, I don't do that. I think that looks like a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to see that. Oh, about that hustle, am I right? All right, so I hope you did enjoy those trailer reactions. I did obviously much more than normal, but with the Super Bowl, you get four trailers for the price of one. And so Turning Red, which was originally supposed to be given a theatrical release back in 2022, ultimately, of course, wound up being released on Disney Plus exclusively. Pandemic affected that substantially. And I was really looking forward to the film at the time. Still really like it. Obviously, we will get into that. Domi Shi, who directed it and was responsible for the screenplay as well as the story, had made the short film back in 2018 called Bao that I thoroughly loved. Chasu Bao or steamed barbecue pork buns are my favorite food probably of all time and one coming alive and dealing with the metaphor of parenting around a relationship, particularly with a son and a mother was a great metaphor and clearly had some level of inspiration leading into turning red. Again, this is full spoilers. So if you have not seen the film yet, duck out now and you can find out what's coming out next week. I'm going to give all of my plot details and opinions on all the twists. So turning red is a phenomenal allegory for a young girl becoming a woman, how that affects her relationships with her parents, particularly her mother, this film is much more specific with its point of view, something that it did receive criticism for upon its initial release. But over time, I believe that is softened. And regardless of your cultural background, I think the overall story works really well just in terms of relationships from immigrant parents in general. The setting of this is very specific, being somebody who grew outside of Toronto. Toronto in the 2000s, early 2000s, was a very different place. We get a lot of unapologetic Canadian references in the movie, and I really, really enjoyed that, whether that's calling the Rogers Centre, where, where the Toronto Blue Jays play, the Sky Dome. So for a lot of people, that's what it's called. I don't believe we get a reference to the Air Canada Centre, which is now called Scotiabank Arena, which is where the Toronto Maple Leafs play, seeing the vintage Timbits, as well as a really diverse community that lives in Toronto. It's one of the biggest cities in the world. It's a very cosmopolitan location. So many different cultures have moved and located in Toronto, allowing for such an eclectic, different variety than you would get I think in a general random suburban area I love that the film takes place in Canada so often in live action films we get to see Toronto pretend to be somewhere else whether that's Philadelphia New York Boston London so many places that's a running joke in the film community that Toronto is USA anywhere and having a, a, a film and a kids film be centered in that location around a background obviously I have much more relationship with and the dynamic presented between Maylin and her mom is a very cultural relevant one more specifically with a mom and a daughter I think it works with an overbearing parent in general we did see a, I think even a more I wouldn't describe it as vague but general allegory and elemental the film I did review earlier last year but this film presenting the variety 
in the Asian backgrounds, particularly, and using a lot of cultural elements, ancestry, and beliefs not used in a stereotypical fashion. The word honor is not used at all in the film, unlike Mulan, the live action adaptation, where I feel like it was a bingo card for how often that phrase was used in the film. The dynamic of a young girl growing up, of course, my perspective on this is going to be completely different than somebody who would have actually experienced it. I identify as a cisgender male, and I had a sister, Haley, who's been on the podcast, but we're five years apart. So any experiences she may have in this that she felt really related to her, I was not around for. I had already left for post-secondary by the time she was approaching this age. Using the red panda to illustrate puberty in its change, how it affects the body, hair, smell, a wealth of emotions that you just don't know how to handle works really well, particularly with children in a way that I don't believe they would really understand at the moment. You get Maylin turns into this creature. I actually showed my kids the film this weekend. My daughter Melody had seen it before, but my son had not. And getting to refresh it with them, particularly around Lunar New Year, which happened or started yesterday, day of recording. And the fact that this film has a lot of these Chinese Asian elements in it, we found a lot more connections than I believe they would have in the past. Elements of the film I enjoy the most are something that seems to be a miss from Pixar more recently. And I find it really interesting, given how the pandemic affected most people's theatrical going experiences, particularly with Disney animated films, of, act, of avoiding them because of the expectation that eventually they would wind up on Disney+. And of course, that did happen with Soul, Luca, and Turning Red, but it really did affect Lightyear. And Elemental was one of those films that actually managed to be more successful week after week, which is great given the fact that I really did enjoy it. And I think everybody should see it because that film has a lot of messages that I think Turning Red does successfully tell as well. The criticism that I had with more so Soul and Luca, maybe a little bit with Lightyear, was that the way that those films were presented felt very traditional in Pixar's storytelling method, animation style, or influences. And Turning Red is a movie that actively brings in a lot of those anime elements and really heightens the reality to be much more extreme. Of course, every Toy Story, not Toy Story, clearly I like Toy Story, but clearly every Pixar film manages to be ex extraordinary and push the boundaries of reality, toys being alive, everything be al being alive. That's kind of the joke around Pixar. But having May turn into a red panda, the metaphor for that in puberty, but also having characters' reactions or choices of narration being used, getting inside May's head, as well as just using the environment to make the film feel much more cinematic and a tone that feels solely unique to typical Pixar movies. I think it's unfortunate that the film ultimately didn't get to release initially in theaters because of the variety it would have set itself amongst the other Pixar films. Compared to Soul and Luca, 
and Lightyear, I think Luca or Luca turning red really pushes the boundaries on the style that Pixar had made their films prior, whether that's because Domi, she had a completely different background, her growing up in Canada in particular, probably gave her a different sentimentality than a lot of American animators might be used to and an exposure to a different community and culture in general. My elementary school experience, particularly, so that being kindergarten through grades up till grades one to six before I had moved, was a very diverse community. And presenting that in a kid's film and not having it be tokenism and allowing these characters to feel solely unique, we get... May's friends, be one being Korean, another being Indian, and I believe Miriam, yep, yeah, is of Jewish descent. Getting each of them to feel individualistic and them experiencing puberty to some degree on a completely different way because they're not turning into, uh, into a red panda allows for what I believe is to be the most successful aspects of Pixar films in general, which is taking a very complicated concept and distilling it in a way that it feels much more manageable and digestible for younger audiences but allowing an opportunity for adults to or even young adults teenagers preteens whatever age group to explore the layers presented in the film and really get to see the different aspects of growing up being seen as only as a child but wanting to be an adult but not legally being one obviously not being 18 how that affects your relationship with your parents, wanting to be individualistic while not wanting to be disrespectful disrespectful of the community that you came from. It's a really hard time in your life, and the fact that we are getting more and more films exploring this, while not in the crude sense like something like Big Mouth, which of course does have its place, but allowing it to be a more family-friendly conversation, in, especially nowadays when the whole conversation around puberty and sex is such a difficult one to have gender the spectrum and a lot of things are being much more expanded hopefully for the better this film as well as elemental moving forward inside out Two being another film that we are going to be getting that's going to be exploring what it means to be growing up and using inside out as not inside out turning red as a particular time being at a story in the early 2000s I think that Inside Out will also Inside Out 2 will also offer that opportunity will support or provide that opportunity to tell that story in a much more contemporary sense. So having these very distinct versions of that story being provided is great resources and having it be an invitation for these conversations being completely upfront and frank. I'm really nervous about when Melody's going to be reaching this age given the fact that the first time I'm going to have a kid approaching a becoming an adult, as well as the fact, as I mentioned, I was not around to exp or witness what it was like, even from a periphery standpoint, when my younger sister was going through this. So using these films to introduce these very complicated concepts, I think is a fun way to enjoy something that all of us have gone through that awkward turning into an adult and not really knowing who we are and allowing this change to define who we are and continuing that self-exploration. And May goes through that with the relationships she has with her mother and the relationships she has with her family and her community. And it really drastically affects her personality. We see the shift in who she is and how turning into this red panda makes her 
changed her perspectives and the choices she would have made prior to experiencing it. I think the film is super fun and allows an opportunity for the wackiness that you would expect from a family-friendly film like Pixar. I think it's more successful than something like Soul when we had a man trapped in the body of a cat, which, in my opinion, just went on too long and sort of flubs the message about exploring life and letting it be what it's going to be with that. Was it Jefferson? I want to know. It's Joe Gardner. Back to Soul. And Turning Red is a film I would really recommend. If you have not watched it yet, it is having a limited theatrical run right now. It is, of course, available on Disney+, Plus, but it's something that a lot of people complain about is the uniqueness and why going to the theater is important. Given how this film is so solely unique, that's why I would recommend you go and see it in the theater. As opposed to remakes or sequels, Turning Red is in a very, while specific, film that has a general message that I personally would see connecting to a lot of other people. And I believe that you would enjoy it just as much, even without having the specific cultural experiences that it presents in the film. That was my spoiler filled experience and re-review of the film Turning Red. Let me know in the comments or on social media what you think about it, if you've seen it, or if you are looking forward to seeing it on the big screen. Let's jump into the outro so you can find out what you can listen to me review next week. Next week, I will be reviewing Madam Web. I don't currently have a guest booked for that, so if that changes... Make sure to you are following on all the social media platforms. If you are listening on Spotify, there is a question of the week that is inputted in the episode and allows each and every listener to who listens there to have their answers read on the podcast. So last week's episode was how would you rank the Matthew Vaughn spy films? That's Kingsman 1, 2, Kingsman, and Argyle. Scotty Cameron ranked Kingsman the Secret Service number one, number two, the Kingsman, number three, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, and To Be Determined, Argyle. So he hadn't seen all four. Scotty Cameron, I'm not going to hold it against you that you hadn't seen all four of the films while ranking it. That's okay. I don't want to jinx it, but there may be a bonus episode this week. So make sure you are subscribed on your podcast platform or following the social media for the podcast so that way you can get the update if the bonus episode is released. I'm really looking forward to seeing Madam Web and exploring more of the Sony Marvel's Spider-Man Marvel character universe or whatever it is called. I'm Kyle Naranya. Thank you so much for spending time with me, the film realist. I will see you next time. <laughs>